The following is produced by Artisan Church. Welcome to the Artisan Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. To learn more about Artisan Church or to support the ministry, visit www.artisanchurch.com. Good, good stuff. Well, um, my name is Jason, one of the pastors here, at least for the time being. Uh, you may have seen there's a kind of a cool announcement there in the bulletins for those who weren't here for our annual meeting. Uh, if you don't have a bulletin, we're not going to tell you what's in there, so you'll have to raise your hand and get a bulletin. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll uh, hang around afterwards to explain a little bit if folks who weren't here at the annual meeting want to know some of what we're doing with the pastoral staff over the next uh, couple months or so. I just wanted to put that out there for those who maybe showed up a little late and didn't get the intro stuff either. So, um, in, in a moment, we'll dive into God's Word. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give you guys a chance to, uh, to greet one another. And if you're here with kids, uh, we love keeping families all together. But uh, if it helps to have some art supplies, there's a cupboard back there in the back wall that you can use with your kids. And keep them in here, or you can run around a little bit. Uh, parents and kids can run around a little bit in the lobby there where there's an audio and video feed. And uh, we're instituting a new rating system for the messages uh, starting today. And so while you're doing the greeting time, I want you to pick up one of these rocks and just keep that with you and also a piece of chalk, and it'll, it'll make sense later. Um, so by the time you're done the greeting time, everyone should have a rock and a piece of chalk, and I guarantee I will preach better today than I've ever preached before. Um, if you, <laughs> so, um, and then what I want you to do when you're saying hi to one another is just for fun, Share a story if you have one. You know that phrase, leave no stone unturned? Go ahead and tell a person you say hi to, what was the coolest thing you ever found under a rock when you turned it over? Uh, I've got a couple cool stories. But go ahead and just say hi to each other and, and pick up a rock and a piece of chalk, and we'll make sense of it later. All right? Sound good? All right. Greet one another.
get you You are my God, my King With a thankful heart I bring my offering And my sacrifices Not what you can give But what I alone can give to you The heart I give Thank you for I pray For I Well, uh, good morning again. Good worshiping here with you guys. Uh, I think I said before, my name's Jason, and we've been doing this great series that started uh, during Holy Week, the, the Sunday before Easter, uh, the series called Pulse, Nothing But the Blood, and looking at all these ways that, that the life we live towards God and one another needs to be uh, healthy, vibrant, uh, kind of full-bodied, all those things. And, and there's been sort of the premise or the assumption that there's always something to revive or to heal or to put back together the right way in what we've been kind of preaching on, Scott and myself, and uh, what we've been singing and praying about. There's been this underlying idea that there's something there that needs to be revived. There's something maybe wounded that needs to be healed. There's something even subtle, but that should be taken care of. And I think that's been accurate, that that's how the scriptures have presented themselves, that for most of our experience, that's true. Uh, And that's been very helpful to think in those somewhat positive terms, that there's something there, it just needs to be healed and put back together properly. But what we want to make sure is we don't take that particular concept too far and sort of create a false impression that it's not more serious than it is uh, when it comes to the life we live, our relationship with God and one another. Because certainly the the message of Christ as the great physician, you know, isn't one of just self-improvement or, uh, you know, it's not some spiritual weight loss program. You know, we're not going to lower our prayer cholesterol, none of that stuff. Uh, That it it actually cuts a little deeper. Uh, And so we want to be cautious, as that uh, Tozer quote said, not to stop short, not to sort of coddle and go a little too easy with our feelings and, and maybe the real work, deeper work that needs to be done. So the Christian faith, which some of us ascribe to, some of us, many of us here are followers of Jesus, others of us here are investigating that and figuring that out. And so again, to be clear, the Christian faith is not just self-improvement, though you hope you'll be better than when you started, um, but at its heart is some radical surgery. And so we're going to talk about that idea of a full transplant uh, a full transplant that, if we carry the metaphor through, let's be honest, you can't do a full transplant on yourself. You'll only get a few cuts in, and then, and then you're kind of done, right? So we need some outside help with that. Um, and so we're going to follow that strong warning, that bold advice from A.W. Tozer that we heard during the confession. We'll just remind us of those words again, where he says, Let the inquiring Christian trample underfoot 
every slippery trick of his or her deceitful heart and insist upon frank and open relations with the Lord. Remember that this is holy business. No careless or casual dealings will suffice. So this morning, let us leave no stone unturned. Amen? Let's pray. So God, we do ask that uh, we would kind of approach you boldly here and, and not hesitate to examine our own hearts and to have you speak into our lives and to, yes, even turn over those stones in some of the darkest corners of our hearts and reveal what's hidden there and even be willing for whatever radical surgery you may need to do in our lives. So by your word, through your spirit, uh, here in this community, and in each of our lives. Do that work this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've largely followed the, the lectionary passages for this Easter season. But I, back when we were planning this series, I thought, call an audible. Like, you can't talk about this idea of pulse, nothing but the blood and all these things, without going to that, that great set of passages in the, excuse me, in the uh, prophet of Ezekiel, where he really cuts to the quick the heart condition we have. And so if you want to follow along, it's in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 18 through 21. If you're using the Red Bible, it's on page 679. I think this will be on the screen as well if you just want to listen and follow that way. But Ezekiel 11, 18 through 21, speaks to this heart condition that in many ways we've been leading up to these last few weeks. But if you're here for the first time, I think you'll pick it up pretty quickly as well. But the context here for God's people, as God's speaking through Ezekiel, is that God wishes to gather them, have them return to his promised land for them. And by extension, applying that to ourselves, you know, God is gathering us. and He has promises for us that he wants us to come back to. But since we've left them behind for a while, some of us, there's a bit of a mess there that needs to be taken care of, as well as in our own lives. And that's the context. So Ezekiel 11, verse 18 through 21. Speaking of God's people when they return to a place that they've been distant from. Verse 18 says, When they come there, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations. Some strong words. All its detestable things, all its abominations. God says, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove the heart of stone from the flesh. And give them a heart of flesh so that they may follow my statutes, keep my ordinances, and obey them. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things, their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, says the Lord God. So not a happy verse beginning and end there, but there's some kind of good promise there in the middle. But it's definitely a strong command from God. There's a strong promise there, but also a strong warning. And so, uh, Bryn, my daughter Bryn, would you grab me one of those stones that may be still floating around there in in the back and bring it up to me? Uh, 
So before we uh, kind of open ourselves completely up here for the surgery God may have for us, uh, let's walk through this passage a little bit. And uh, thank you, Brittany. And kind of use this, uh, this stone as a marker stone. Maybe we'll start with it that way. So hopefully everyone has one. If not, feel free to go grab one from those back corners there. But I'd like us to, uh, to kind of mark on this some things that, you know, if we were to kind of put these together in a path, would show where maybe all of us should be going. But at least for you, you can mark some things down on this stone. And here's where I want to start. So here's the first marker stone. And uh, as you maybe draw a little symbol or write a, a word or, or some letters on there, uh, unless you're a really fantastic artist and you're being very detailed, I wouldn't worry that the person next to you is sort of, you know, discerning whatever you're dealing with there, but feel free to be very obscure in your drawings there. Uh, Here's what it says when it starts out. It says, when they come there, to the place I'm calling them back to, they will remove from that place all its detestable things, all its abominations. So kind of big words, right? You know. Time out. Those are some big words. Detestable abominations. What he's speaking of there, Ezekiel, is, is the idea of idolatry. Things that replace God. If we put it in those terms, maybe we can start to think of some of those, let's say the little idols. The ones that we can actually deal with, because we'll talk about the things that we're incapable of dealing with in a moment. But are there some things in your life, and I'll mark it down for myself as well, that you need to remove? So that's the question there that you're going to mark down. What do you need to remove? So again, we're talking sort of small-scale things. These are little tin gods that are in your life, not the big ones that you feel generally powerless over. So you know, what, what might some of those be? And you can uh, be marking something on there as we're talking uh, that need to be removed. Uh, you know, maybe you need to uh, draw a little, uh, little computer screen on there. Or, or, a, or, a, or draw a book with an F on it. Because you need to do a little less Facebook and a little more real life. Not that those are... Oh, I, I heard an amen on that one. Uh, but that may be something that you need to ratchet back or fast from. Maybe, uh, maybe you need to put a big old you know, like, you know, turkey leg drumstick on there. Because you know, maybe the way you eat how you treat the temple that, that God's given you for his Holy Spirit, maybe that's something you need to remove some things from. So again, we're, we're starting small here. So don't, you know, you don't have to draw some big drastic thing there. But what are some things that if God's doing a work in your life, he would want you to remove? That you have some measure of control over. That, that are those little gods, those little idols. So go ahead and mark that down. Then another key part of that, that verse from Ezekiel says in verse 19, I will give them one heart. The picture there being of a people who have divided hearts, whose hearts aren't one and focused. And so, yeah, there may be some things to remove. That may be the easy place to start. But the harder work to then do next is to recognize, hey, where's my heart divided? So that may be something, you know, to make a little marker stone for. So 
Where's my heart divided? There's that, uh, that one Jesus talked about. You might, might draw a little dollar sign on there, right? You say about serving both God and money. Can't do both. You'll love the one and detest the other. Uh, and so maybe in your finances, uh, all the other areas of your life, you're, you, know, you really want to do your best for God, but you'd just soon he stayed away from your wallet and your purse. Um, other ones where your heart might be divided. Could be a relationship. I know you draw there. Maybe a heart. A heart on the, on the stone there. Maybe it's a relationship you're in that, that you really want for yourself, but it is clearly not God's best for you. Maybe out of fear of not ever finding the right person, you're settling for the, the good enough person and your heart's divided. But you can think of some. Almost all of us have an area of our heart that both wants to do the right thing and really doesn't want to. God wants us to have one heart. So that may be something to mark down. Where is your heart divided? How is it divided? And then that promise, but it's a promise with a price. There's radical surgery involved where God says, and I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh. So the things we can remove ourselves, good place to start, those little tiny gods and idols that are in our lives. Recognizing where our heart's divided, that gets a little more difficult because maybe we've tried to do something about that, but it hasn't worked real well. But removing the heart of stone, yeah, that we cannot do ourselves. So the best we can do at this point is to just admit and recognize where our hearts have turned to stone. So you may want to draw something or write something on the rock you've got there of where your heart has turned to stone or where it's always been stone. What do I mean by that? Maybe as you're driving through Rochester, you, know, you stop at one of, the, you know, one of the intersections there, and, you know, and there's the guy there with the sign, and you're pretty sure he's an able-bodied man and could, get, you know, could do something about his life. And... But your heart's stone about the conditions that would lead someone to be homeless, of the potential mental issues that guy has or that woman has that actually does make it almost impossible for them to care for themselves, to, to find a place to live, to provide for themselves. And, and your heart's stony there. Maybe, maybe it's a place in your marriage. It's a harder one where you've kind of given up and you just don't feel like putting the work in anymore. I don't know what you draw for that. Be careful. <laughs> People on either side of you. Um, maybe it's, a, it's something that started out as a kind of a little habit that you could have removed when it was a tiny god. And then you found your heart was a bit divided, that you didn't quite want to do it, 
but you really enjoyed doing it. And now, you just don't care what God thinks about it. That it's an appetite, a pleasure, a pursuit that you're not about to give up. And your heart has turned to stone in that area. So a marker stone, the very least of this path that you've been on and maybe a direction away from where you are. And as we said, this is, this is not some self-administered, self-improvement pursuit that we can take on. That it's radical surgery. And why is that necessary? Why would we need that surgery? Well, God gives that promise. He shows his purpose there at the end of that Ezekiel passage. He says, here's why. I want those things removed. Here's why I want those divided hearts to be one again. Here's why I need to do the surgery of removing that heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh. He says in verse 20, so that they may follow my statutes, keep my ordinances and obey them. Not as lifeless rules and regulation, but as life-giving laws and direction and purpose and meaning. So they could live that life, God says. So that then they can be my people. And I can be their God. Then he says those harsh words at the end. But as for those whose hearts, whose hearts go after their detestable things and their abominations, those, those idols that replace God, he says, for them I will bring their deeds upon their own heads says the Lord God. So it sounds a little bit like, you know, God's going to take us out, right? If you read it one way. That's not quite the way I read it. Though God being God can somewhat do whatever he wants within his nature. But I don't think that's an example of God's wrath so much as the absence of us receiving his grace. And him saying, if we don't want a, the surgery, okay, I will not remove the heart of stone. You can keep it. And then it becomes self-correcting behavior, right? Then it sort of takes care of itself and not to a good end. Carrying around this heart of stone, I think God is implying there, you know, leads to some tragic consequences. If this is truly what's beating within our chest, well, it's not beating, is it? If we want a pulse, this isn't going to provide it. The blood can't flow. That heart of stone, it's heavy, it's burdensome, it's lifeless. And though God, by his grace, animates us enough to get to the point to deal with this heart of stone, if we choose, left unattended, it brings nothing but death to the very body it's meant to keep alive. So, some radical surgery is needed. And 
That idea of a full transplant is what we're talking about. But as harsh as this Ezekiel passage is, Ezekiel later on returns to that theme. And this time with a much more hopeful tone, which I think is the order to go in myself. I would rather be told the truth straight and not be all coddled and, you know, I'd rather God didn't worry so much about my feelings and dealt more with my condition. But then in Ezekiel 36, we get the more hopeful description. It's on page 704 if you want to fall in the red Bibles there. And here's what God promises. If we have those marker stones in our life, you can take that slide off there. You just listen along. If we have those marker stones in our life and we actually follow that path back towards where God is calling us, here's what he promises. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 28. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you. A new spirit I will put in with you. And I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. And then you shall live in the land that I gave to your ancestors. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. So all the things we've talked about these last few weeks, God says he'll deal with those. Our adrenaline-laced spirituality that kind of gives us fight or flight response to how we deal with the world, God says I'll cleanse that. The open wounds of doubt and fear and distrust that Scott talked about a few weeks ago, God says we'll, we'll heal those. Make that whole. The subtle symptoms that I suspect in this gathering of people, particularly, we're much better at hiding those subtle symptoms. That left unattended bring even greater damage to our heart, body, mind, and spirit. He says, I'll deal with those as well if you let me do the surgery. Here's that A.W. Tozer quote that Scott used during the confession time. The very last part of it. Even though this is familiar, and many of us have grown used to carrying it around, it's not the way it should be. And so we should deal with it pretty radically, is my opinion. And so here's Tozer's recommendation once again. For those who wish to have that surgery done. He says, then he or she should remember that this is holy business. No careless or casual dealings will suffice. Let that one come to God in full determination to be heard. 
Let him insist that God accept his all, that he take out of her heart and, her, and there himself reign in power. And maybe he or she will need to become specific, to name things and people by their names. Mark them down. By their names, one by one. And if you will become drastic enough, you can shorten the time of your travail from years to minutes. And enter the good land long before your slower brothers and sisters. Who coddle their feelings. And insist upon caution. In their dealings with God. So it's a pretty straightforward idea, but it's radical. And I've given us plenty of time here to sit with this idea and to process it, to maybe go back and and mark again, what do I need to remove? Where is my heart divided? Where is it turned to stone? And then decide. This is mine. I don't give this up. Or cut it out. Rip it away. Remove it. And put something flesh and blood beating, pulsing with the blood of Christ in its place. Nothing flows through a heart of stone. And Jesus wants to roll that stone away. And so, for the remainder of our worship time, and when we eventually kind of come to the communion table here and sing more songs. Um, I want to give you a wide open space to think this through and to give you a chance to, to take these hearts of stone and bury them with Christ. To lay them down Because really, all these stones are good for is grave markers. If we're going to mark something with our hearts of stone, we should mark the day we died to self and were made alive in Christ. And so over here, I decided to sort of put all this stuff together over here. So it's okay if it's a bit of a chaotic mess. You can take your time. There's a container of water there. And all those things you've marked on there, I'd encourage you, after you've reflected on them for a while, to go over there and just 
rinse them off. Cleanse it in the water. And then come over and pile it on that cross. As a way of admitting that the reason Jesus died was for this. And we buried him. And we piled it all on there. Our own, everyone's here, all of humanity. And thanks be to God, it was not enough to keep him down. So here's the promise that I think Jesus gives us. And if as followers of Christ, we confess that he is the God of the Bible, then those words Ezekiel spoke, I think those are Jesus' words to us as well. And here's what he says for those who would lay down their heart of stone. He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Let's pray. So God, we come before you. Some of us having spent the last few weeks dealing with these different areas of our lives. Some of us showing up here for the first time uh, ever, or certainly in a while, and having this call to radical surgery, uh, feeling a bit abrupt. Wherever we are, God, speak to us. God, don't coddle us with soothing words that are half-truths. But by your Spirit, reveal the condition of our hearts, each of us. For those of us who followed Jesus for a while now, but have started to collect some gods again, some of those little idols, convict us that we need to remove them. For those of us who at one point gave you our whole heart, but have slowly but surely taken part of it back and now are divided, cut us to the quick. And for those of us who've let our hearts grow callous again, reveal that. And for those here who have yet to experience the heart that Christ can give them. Call them out as well in their own lives. And remind us as we look back over this Easter season that it's not merely a cross that defines it, but it's also an empty tomb with the stone rolled away. And that when you say, whoever's without sin gets to cast the first stone, convict us that we're all full of sin. And the best we can do is drop our stones.
at your feet. And so for each person here, Jesus, I pray you'd be their great physician. You would do radical surgery. That you would cleanse and heal and give them your heart. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So you're invited to spend some time thinking, praying, and then uh, you can bring up that slide there. It had a little bit of instructions there. Uh, interacting over here. And then if it's appropriate for you, when you're ready, approach the table of Christ. Tear off a piece of the bread, symbolizing as a sacrament of his broken body. Dip it in the wine of the juice labeled there as his shed blood. Uh, and take and eat as those who have hearts of flesh that beat strong. Amen? Continue worshiping as God leads you. This has been the Artisan Church Podcast. To receive future podcasts, go to www.artisanchurch.com/podcast or subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening.